just think there's so much you can learn about yourself and how you react to situations um, through endurance sports. And it's such a such a, a balance of like understanding your body, understanding your schedule, understanding, you know, what you want out of something um, that it's it's like a very special relationship that you have with yourself to put yourself in positions where ultimately, like, I don't know, it, it has to it, it just brings out something, I guess, in me that makes me feel very alive. From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, we talk all about the Moran 166 out of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. In its second year, uh, Moran 166 has quickly become one of my favorite races. And um, this one was truly special this year. I had it circled um, at the beginning of the season. Um, I wanted to make sure and be there and be able to ride it strong. And then in the middle of the season, in May, I had a pretty terrible crash that kind of, um, well, it changed everything for sure. And so the story of my day at Moran is kind of a story for me personally of redemption, of being able to ride strong and feel like a little bit of my old self out there with many of my gravel friends from around the state and around the country. One of those friends is Connor Grant. Connor and I have only known each other a little bit, but we actually uh, talked with each other on the podcast Back in January, all about Down to Ride, the app that kind of connected cyclists together to ride. And even though that doesn't exist anymore, Connors is as prevalent and um, and active in the Michigan cycling community as ever. Um, He's had a great season so far um, cycling, but also training for, uh, a few triathlons. And when I saw him on the line at the starting line of Moran, I knew that he was going to have a great race and I was correct. He killed it. He absolutely smashed the race. And I knew he would be the one to talk to about his Moran experience. And it was quite a great conversation. And you will see, um, I, uh, loved, uh, loved the race, loved Moran. Um, and yeah, and it was just great to hear about Connor's season and lead up to the day itself. Um, so a huge thank you to, uh, Jason from Bear Claw, all of the people that put together Moran 166. It was a huge success. Um, so many people had such a great time and I can't wait to be there again next year. So, uh, yeah, let's get right to it. The Moran 166 with Connor Grant. 
How's my audio? It sounds... It's been better? I don't know. It sounds okay. Uh, didn't you have like a legit pro mic last time? What happened, man? What What happened? What happened? I'm trying to move. And <laughs> have you ever had a condo on the market for 110 days? and needed to rearrange stuff. So I just moved a ton of stuff into storage and I can't find it because I'm not... <sighs> Roll up with down to ride also died when the app died. Holy moly. You, I mean, I feel like we started very... This is a, a rough start already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we started? I thought we were getting into pleasantries like the Chipotle I had or the burger you had from the peanut barrel. Well, let's talk all about it i want to know every oh so what beer are you drinking so um i have this beer from upstate new york that i got was in when i was in lake placid and kind of bought a 12 pack and thought i would drink it more and it expires in like three weeks so i gotta put some work in it's a hazy ipa what about yourself what are you gonna uh, go I'm, I'm just drinking a centennial but uh i'm wondering like Here's I'm gonna assume something, Connor. Okay. That that your uh your beer drinking has not been often lately. Is this a is this a true statement? <laughs> Did you read the post I put on the Wolverine Sports Club page? Well, I saw that. I just I yeah yeah but, the beer drinking hasn't been often. Um, so too many early mornings. Well, I I I say this because uh. I mean, you were riding like you've been, uh, I don't know, you, you've, you, you, like you had a season, like a, a specific season of like doing everything correct. And, and it showed, and I was like, this guy's not drinking beers on a Tuesday night. Like what is, <laughs> he is now though. He is now. Exactly. You, as because this is, this is Iceman training now. <laughs> I can't show up to that finishing party just with with uh, getting a head rush off one IPA these days. That'd, right. that'd be a recipe for disaster. It would be. It would be. Yeah. And I want to I want to be clear that um, just in terms of drinking beer, I've had several tonight. So if things are a little funny, um, if my hosting isn't as up to par, crisp is if it's not as crisp. <laughs> are you? Where so are you in the same place that so we let's rewind so we talked in January was that when it was we talked in January because uh, I had just sold my specialized diverge and you had me do a live read of the listing and then you put a romantic kind of sexy sound behind it. So it was it was so good. I actually so I did. I went back last couple of days. I was like, man, I gotta listen to our conversation that we had. <laughs> Just because I was I was wondering one, I was wondering like what what all Moran talk did we did we do? It um, was brief. It was right? it actually was much more brief than I thought. I yeah. thought maybe we really hit it hard, but there was it was just a it was a mention, 
Yeah. And, um, but it obviously, and we could talk about this more in a bit, but like, it was obviously a mention that, uh, that you took to heart for the entire year. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there, there was a couple of things like, so you sold your Diverge. Yes. And then you bought an, a Cervelo Aspero? As- uh, uh, you have to Aspero? Uh, take into account the, so there are accent marks on it. So it's a Cervelo Aspero. Well. That I have affectionately called mine uh, lunch money because it took all mine and now it's going to take yours. Well, okay. So, um, and this is a side conversation, but uh, I, I was watching I was, I was watching you on the bike for i don't know five hours that we were riding together and i was yeah. like god damn that bike looks great and uh i i i'm i'm interested in your bike review um but this is not what this what this conversation is for but i still i still want to know how you like because i i think in january yeah. in january uh, this bike was brand new and oh yeah, brand new. I don't even think you had ridden it yet. I think I had taken it out for like a twenty mile ride or something like that because you just can't let those things sit in the corner. Um, but yeah, so it's been a full season, and I might have mentioned that I was going to use it as a road bike and a gravel bike um, for the year. Mixed, mixed success with that. I think I definitely found its limit on the road. It's not a great crit bike, but that could just be the gearing and the rider. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a great bike. I, I think the only thing that I'm kind of scratching my head on, and this reared its ugly head on Saturday at Moran, was there's not an easy way to put aero bars on it because of the carbon like setup uh, mm. with the handlebars. So it was going to be a pretty big investment, both from energy and money, to make aero bars possible. Which I don't know what your take is, but after doing that, like ultra distance, one sixty six. I know you're no stranger to that. I I was hurting. My lower back was hurting, but that might have also been the PSI I was running. Um, but I I wanted aero bars badly. So hold on, let's talk about this because. The when I went back and listened to our conversation uh, in January, we talked specifically about aero bars. I don't know if yeah. you remember this, because <laughs> I because I have a triathlon background. Yeah. Correct, yeah. correct. So I'm 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 Mr. Aero bars. Well, I've I, shown up to a group ride with a tri bike before. That's that has been me. Um, and so I think we had this whole conversation about aero bars and gravel and all this stuff and. And I think Moran was a what a great like uh, test case for aero bars because we had people dr- running traditional gravel bikes and that's it, and then full full on aero bar situation and mm-hmm. and I remember talking to someone when the group was still pretty big, they were like yeah these air you know all these aero bars and all this stuff and I'm like yeah you know I'm pretty sure that the aero bars the people that we see with aero bars like. Only a few of them are looking for aerodynamic uh, benefits. And the rest of them are just looking for comfort for the 9 to 10 hours that they're going to be riding. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, 
when you're looking for aero bars, are you looking for aerodynamic benefit or are you looking for comfort? What's your, what's your, or is it both? I mean, it doesn't have to be one or the other, I guess. Well, I think my initial thought is comfort because I've never, until Saturday, I'd never sat on a bike for that long. And so being only able to like be in one or two different positions on the saddle kind of sucked and it hurt a lot. Um, And then, I mean, you get to this point in the race where you're inevitably going to be riding alone. Um, Maybe that's not always the case, but on Saturday, you know, I got blown off the back of the lead group at like mile 120 ish. And I was staring down the barrel of 45 miles of solo gravel riding. And at that point, you're like, you've, or you're 120 miles in, you have 45 miles to go. And it's like any kind of advantage you can give yourself to go a little bit faster, in my opinion, is worth it because I kind of felt like that's when the race really started. Cause then you're just trying to hold your position, right? You're not yeah. probably going to catch the lead group. You just want to make your life as easy as possible for whatever you have left. So I don't know what, what is your take? Are you, are you looking for speed? Are you looking for comfort? Are you looking for both? I think there's a wedding crashers joke in here if we want to make it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I've, I've, I've said this before that it's, it's not my thing. I, I love that. Like, like someone like Jordan Wakeley, who's just running a straight gravel bike wins the whole thing, you know, no, mm-hmm. no aero bike, no, no, no aero bars. No, no, nothing like that. Um, but, well, and the second place rider, Charles also did not have aero bars, but then, but you didn't have aero bars. I, I mean, and, and be, I mean, this was the whole thing about the bike, you know, like maybe you couldn't, is it a, are you running a five? Is it the Aspero five? Yep. Okay, so that makes more sense to me than because you have like a the cockpit that has no um, cabling and all that stuff. So that that makes sense why like I th- I'm pretty sure the bar is um, it's propri- flared and it's, it's proprietary. proprietary. Yep, yes. Yep. So it makes more it makes it more difficult to put on aero bars or whatever. Um, yes. We had this conversation in January. And right. Have you changed? Are I, you an aero guy? occasionally now i haven't and uh, but i guess like to be fair i still haven't run aero bars ever so i've I, maybe i've been stubborn not to run aero bars and maybe if i ran aero bars for a season it would be a different conversation but i'm still holding out and not yeah did you did you have like were you the guy who was still holding on to his blackberry for too long or like if we're just totally unrelated, like cell phone wise, <laughs> like, Oh, I have a Blackberry on principle. Long live BBM. Uh, do you think those things are related? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of get some of the same. Yeah. I they, I don't know. They're not unrelated. Well, I, I, I definitely had a Blackberry for a long time. <laughs> I see. I thought I, I thought, <laughs> I thought, like, the minute you answered, I was like, man, I think I hit on something here. Well, I mean, <laughs> but listen, I'm older than you, I'm sure, so, like, I don't know, what, whatever, so. <laughs> um, well, Trevor, give me this, so, 
what what how did it feel for you to be back at Moran? I mean, because this was you were there for the first one. You've had a kind of up and down season, but you made it back. And gosh, what a, what a day, right? It was a day. It was a day, and it was a. It was exactly what. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm having a little bit of a tough time expressing this because it it was it it, it was very special, I guess. And um, these big gravel races are my are my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And um and I've done a few races. I've done a couple races since I've I've been kind of healed and and back, but back, whatever. Yeah. But but it hasn't it, it nothing has clicked like it you it was before. And it wasn't until last weekend riding with you, riding with the lead group, riding with everyone, I was like, oh shit, this is this is it, man. I'm back. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, and, and I had the best time that first hundred miles. Cause, cause I, I rode a hundred miles with you, a hundred miles with the, the lead group. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved every second of it. And then I got blown off the back, but, <laughs> and the one Oh one Wakely bomb. It, it, we saw Lake Superior and then, and then I saw the back of everyone. <laughs> I was, I was, I was telling people, I was like, uh, we saw Lake Superior and I was trying to convince everyone that I was with that, Hey, you guys want to take a dip or like stop or something? And yeah. Get a, fo- a group photo. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and they said no. And then, then they, then they just dropped me. So like, <laughs> but anyways, like I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time, like expressing it, but it, it meant I, I don't know. It was it was a great day. I loved yeah. I loved everything about mm-hmm. it. it. I I haven't had a race like that all like since since my accident, and right. to have that uh, have a have a I I couldn't be happier with how how it how it turned out, and then um, have that experience be Moran one six six, which I love, which I had a great experience last year. This year was was so good too. Um, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause last year it was kind of an, uh, exclamation point for you on top of a really big kind of breakout season where, where a lot of people are kind of making fun of you for not calling this mid pack media anymore. Yeah. I mean, and I, I guess I still get that a little bit, but I, I, <laughs> I, I returned to the mid pack a little bit this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, man, I mean, it was, it was special. It was a special yeah. weekend and I don't know. And, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you, but I want to go kind of back to like, let's look back up a little bit. And I mean, we, we talked in January and I remember specifically, talking about your season mm-hmm. and and you you mentioned you were like i'm gonna do a couple triathlons yeah which did you do two full ironmans i did one full ironman and i was supposed to do two half ironman but i didn't get to do the first one 
because like probably everyone has a story like this. Uh, I got COVID the week before. I didn't test negative in time. There's never a good time to get COVID, but there are certainly bad times. And so my my whole season then for triathlon became about Ironman Lake Placid. And I had a pretty lofty goal this year of beating my time from last year, which was an 1130, which was a really, really good time. Um, and it was going to be hard to do, but it kind of all of a sudden like became the A, A plus race of the year. And I mean, you know, anything with distance, there are, <clears throat> excuse me, a million things that can go wrong on that day. So putting it all together for one day and putting a season's worth of work on the line is somewhat terrifying. And I, I think like mentally an exercise um, that a lot of people maybe haven't experienced yet of, you know, no pressure, but kind of some pressure on you. Cause you can't just get up and, and do another one. I mean, they're also absurdly expensive, but um, yeah. So I ended up doing Ironman Lake Placid and then I uh, missed out on Ironman Blue Ridge, um, which is a half. And then I ended up doing uh, Ironman Michigan 70.3 in Frankfurt, which was awesome. So um, big year for triathlon. Um, we'll see what I do next year. I think full distance tries or 140.6. Um, probably not next year, but um, maybe that leaves the door open for a little bit more ultra distance bike racing, which after my first taste, um, you know, I was rolling into the finish and uh you know i was with jared dunham and that guy has done more ultra stuff in his life than i think i could even dream of and i think he's significantly younger i think um, he's i think he's 19 years old i'm, I'm yeah <laughs> well no i know he's in college yeah. right <laughs> i know he's in college um at, at central michigan fire up if you're into that um and so he's like, oh, yeah, is this your first, like, long distance thing? And then I find out later, he's like, oh, yeah, I've, like, the, I've done 24-hour bike races and stuff. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God. But he asked me, dude, are you hooked now? And I I mean, I think the answer is definitely yes. I'd, I'd love to, you know, you live for those days, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, getting I'm going out. too fast. You're going I'm too sorry. fast. You need to slow down a little bit. But um, yeah, I want to go back to triathlon. So you were hoping to to beat your 2021 uh pr yep did that happen did that not happen oh yeah yeah it happened so um and probably uh, unsurprisingly since we're on a cycling podcast and I, hold on i'm gonna oh uh, yeah all of this is gonna be cut out like i we don't talk about yeah. triathlons so like this is just for you and me i'm not gonna yeah <laughs> <laughs> not expose me again <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, um, I beat my time significantly by like 25 minutes. Um, so I, I finished in 11 hours and five minutes and mostly thanks to, I had a five hour and 14 minute bike split, um, which was the 39th best on the day, uh, pros included. So, um, I just rode myself into a better spot and, I think my swim and my run were actually worse than the previous year, but the bike was just so good that that didn't really matter too much. What is it about a triathlon or like triathlon is an endurance sport. So like, what is it about endurance that is 
that gets you training every single day that that keeps you from drinking too many beers every week that keeps you you know motivated i just think there's so much you can learn about yourself and how you react to situations um through endurance sports and it's such a such a, a balance of like understanding your body understanding your schedule understanding you know what you want out of something um that it's it's like a very special relationship that you have with yourself to put yourself in positions where ultimately like i don't know it it has to it, it just brings out something i guess in me that makes me feel very alive all the time um and it's maybe a very primal instinct that you know like you'll find a way to make it work or you'll find a way to survive this dark spot or you'll find a way to get the best out of yourself um that I don't know. I think I really like that challenge because on a daily basis, that changes so frequently, um, whether it be your schedule, how you feel, what the weather is, what sport you have to practice, um, how long your ride is, how long your interval is. There's always another challenge looming. And it's just I think that's super exciting because ultimately, like I, I think I had this experience luckily a lot this summer where you know, you're kind of you're kind of not really competing for anything other than your own self. Anytime you hop on the bike or anytime you go do any race or heck, any, any group ride sometimes. I mean, yeah, there's like some pride on the line, but ultimately you're trying to prove something to yourself. And as someone who has doubted themselves a handful of years of their life, most of my 20s, some of my teens, Proving to myself that like I'm more than I give myself credit for sometimes can be very rewarding. And I think that's what really pushes me um, into the dark spots. And like to use a Mel Tucker phrase, like in the deep water, right? Like, <laughs> you know, are you going to panic when everything's blown up around you? Like, what can you find to like stabilize yourself or your situation um, and get what you believe you have in you out of yourself? I think that's that's why endurance sports matter to people like at me at least. And that's why I keep coming back to the well every time. So had you, um, I'm assuming like in a, in an Ironman, whether this year, whether last year, like I, I'm sure that that experience put you in that dark place that mm -hmm. made you get out. But let's talk specifically about Moran then. Like, yeah. had you, did you get to that place um, during Moran, um, during the 166 miles that Moran was? So sadly, I didn't get to like the deep, dark suffering until I think it was like a little too late and I didn't have enough emotional energy left to like really conquer it. Um, so I specifically like, you know, you have that moment in every race where you're like, this is going to make it or break it. And you probably overlook a lot, like, you know, to survive into the selection until the final five. Um, you've done a lot of things right on that day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, especially, I mean, I, I thought the caliber of rider this year, I know, you know, I didn't I like I didn't know a ton of those guys, but you know, there's you look around, and you're like, okay, these guys know what what they're doing, right? And you have someone like Jordan Wakely leading the charge up there, and it's yeah. just like, I mean, you know, if you if you ride a bike in Michigan, you probably know who Jordan is. Yeah. Um, 
but I think that I, I think I, I think mentally felt the the long season and maybe it was physical too, but when I had a chance to stay on uh, Bobby's wheel, uh, Bobby Monroe's wheel at like mm-hmm. 120 and I just couldn't muster the strength. I feel like I wasn't able to go like deep into the well at that point. And like, I kind of failed or like, I didn't live up to the, like I didn't meet the challenge. That's, right. That's interesting. Huh. Um, and you know, you, I think it's also just so hard with cycling too, because you see them for so long after you're done. Right. Like you can see them a mile, like a, a half a mile up the road, a mile up the road. Still it's, it's like, you're still like, Oh, well maybe. And you're just like, no, nah, you're not, you're, you're yeah, not there. But yeah. like, they're just flashing off. So I, uh, I don't think I was able to do that as well as I have say during an Ironman. Um, because like Ironman's more about forcing that out of yourself, whereas Moran specifically others force it out. So like, I wasn't, I wasn't like ready for it, which, you know, that's part of racing, right? You need to be ready for everything. So what's your, I mean, your competition though, for an Ironman is who? Me as an, as like an age group guy who works behind a desk is probably my friends. Okay. Um, and I think that for half distance, um, you know, your, your goal could be, and I've done it is qualify for the the world championships, which is like a pretty big honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like awarded to usually like the top five in an age group. But the way that Ironman races start and finish, you don't really know who you're racing against until you finish because you all start. It's not a it's not a mass start. It's a rolling start. So you but could be anywhere on the course can I, at any given time. Is is it? Too simplified to say that when you do a Ironman, you are competing against your PR, your last PR. Or no, I like that. I like that a lot. It's kind of like think about yeah, like running, right? Like everyone knows their correct, like five k PR so, or their half marathon. So so when I ran marathons, like all I cared about was my PR and trying to beat my PR, and I didn't care about it. Yeah. Like I didn't care if who was passing me, who, who, you know, I, I I just was trying to keep to myself and like work toward my PR. But there's something different about a cycling race where you see where you're with people, where Mm -hmm. you're around people and you're like, this isn't about a PR. This is about keeping up with you know, like I, I want to stay in this front group. I want to, I want, I, and if I fall off this group, it's fine. It's not a big deal, but like, this is where I want to be. It's a different right. kind of competition. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's a little bit more primal. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is right. Um, yeah, totally. Um, it, I know, I know I said this already, but I want to, I want to kind of back up more because we're, we're kind of talking about Moran. We're kind of talking about whatever, but like, let's talk about you. How many gravel races had you done before this season? One. Okay. I did Barry Roubaix last year. So the October Barry Roubaix, 
was my first gravel race. On your diverge. On my diverge, the sixty-two mile. But I, I do, yeah. I was. I'm just interested in your cycling journey this year. So I mean, a lot of triathlon experience, and I knew that that was that was a thing for you. I guess here's where I'm getting at this. Last Saturday, mm-hmm. we're riding together. We're we're there's a there's a big group of people and i'm like oh hey connor there you know like connor's riding the moran like i think we were messaging each other before yeah uh, moran and um then the day goes on and we're riding together and then it gets down to 20 people then it gets down to 10 people then it gets down to six people and you're still there and mm-hmm. and in my mind i'm like of course connor is here like <laughs> like the the amount of riding you have been doing um i i think i saw you like dabbling in some derby rides over there in the detroit area doing some of like the the nick stanko rides i feel like you've been doing a little bit of oh i go i i try to i have a rule like never miss a stanko ride okay Okay, so so, so yeah. that and um and I and then our last conversation in in January, you were saying, well, maybe I want to do a little bit more uh, gravel specific stuff this year, um and then and then I knew that you had the endurance of a like honestly of an Ironman, you know, like you have put in an Ironman this year, you've done other mm-hmm. triathlons. And so when I'm, when I'm seeing you in the, in the group of six that I'm in, I'm like, of course, Connor should be here and he's riding super strong. And then when I dropped off the back, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense why I'm off the back and Connor's still <laughs> up here. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's a, uh, it was a it was a fun thing for me. I loved I loved seeing how strong you were through the whole process when I was there, when I was still riding with you. <laughs> and um, yeah, man. I mean, I I don't think we've ever ridden together. I mean, we've talked. That was our with, first time. Man. Yeah, that was our first time. Yeah, and it was I. It I was know. glorious, though. <laughs> it was it was a good time. So I I just I really enjoyed seeing that knowing the work you put in this season and then it's like i i don't know i mean like you're in the final group with jordan wakeley man i mean that is a that's a huge accomplishment for you and i I don't know how do you feel about like finishing ironman ironman races and finishing triathlons and all this it's 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 a big thing and you're working Mm -hmm. against or you're working for a PR, you're working toward a better time, which is kind of a selfish, kind of a selfish thing for sure. Oh, maybe, totally. maybe, maybe all yeah. athletics is a, is a selfish thing, but there's something communal. There's something different about riding in a group of people and, and just working with people and doing a fist bump with another guy. Like, I, I love that picture of you and Jared. Like that was, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's there's a little something different about like a a gravel race, and and may, maybe I just think it's different. But like, what 
for your experience versus an Ironman. And, and, and I'm sure like, I don't know. I, I, I would love to hear your perspective on it, I guess. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, thanks. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. It, it has been a, it's been a, it's been a lot of work this year, but it's been super fun. And I've, I've been lucky to have uh, great friends in the community, um, yourself included, my team, um, you know, a handful of my friends specifically, I think of like guys I ride with a lot, like Josh Cream and my friend, Eric Dodzilla, who like, you know, they've, they've really helped me take it up a notch this year. Um, but, you know, there's just something I think that's so cool about sharing experiences with other people that makes me want to ride bikes more. Whereas we we're kind of talking about Ironman being a bit selfish, your race write up or your race recap or how you think about it in your head is usually centered around how you responded or you reacted to everything. And like, you're the only one in control. And that's, you know, to some extent, just like one of the beautiful things about triathlon is like, you get to really race your own race um, and, and external factors and other people don't necessarily have a huge impact on the day. But when you're in a, any kind of like bike race where it's a mass start and you have to work with other people and you start with other people and you're communicating and, you know, you kind of get this head nod when you've made the, the group you feel you belong in. That's like reminiscent of like how you view yourself as maybe a rider or anything like that. I think that's just such a special moment. And like the bonds that are formed are just pretty incredible. Um, yeah. I, I, I think about Saturday and I didn't, I had never met Jared before Saturday. And by the end of the ride, like, you know, we had, we, like, I knew so much about him and it was so cool to make such an amazing friend on that day who, you know, is out there and like knows exactly what I'm going through and is going through the same thing himself. And, you know, we can talk about the, you know, what had happened up until when we met up and then you just get to know them in a different way. And you just don't get that in many sports. And I think that's just so, so cool. And I think it's why people want to go on bike rides. I, I think they want to go have shared experiences in beautiful places with people who are of the same mindset. And like, I really live for almost those micro fractures and groups where you get to know someone, whether it's like a group of two or a group of three, like once it becomes small, and like you then are on a first name basis with these people that you've never met before. Um, that is so cool. And maybe in a world where everything's virtual that, you know, it's more attractive to find those relationships in person and find them with just people like that. This was the longest you've been on a saddle, correct? Probably. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell you, dude, I was thinking at miles so i had this idea i don't know if you're if you're a big bike computer guy but i like program in cues before really big rides so they're anything from nutrition to dad jokes to little motivational quotes of mine and um, it comes at up mile, on your, it comes up on your do you like program it and yeah oh yeah yeah so i have a, a wahoo uh, element bolt and 
you can either program it based on duration, time, or duration, distance. And so like for nutrition, I've, I've always found it super useful of how I stick on my plan for fueling, um, for triathlon and, and for rides. Um, but I've also gotten a little frisky with the keyboard and just kind of dropped in some fun things. <laughs> um, there's like kind of, I, I was, I don't think I was made fun of, but uh, my buddy Adam Heisel at Barry Roubaix was like, man, it was just so weird. Like I heard you at the front of the group telling dad jokes at mile 47. And I was like, well, yeah, I had one pop up on my computer and I just thought other people wanted to know. You know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so at mile 112 at Moran, um, I had the, the, the notification was, well, at least you don't have to run a marathon after this. So oh, that's, brilliant. that was some that's motivation brilliant. to keep riding. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, how do I, how do I play mind tricks on myself? Yeah. <laughs> so. But I was just talking about this with, uh, with Rachel, uh, about, you know, it's such a mind game and something like. I don't, for some reason, like like a hundred miles, and I, and I can feel it. I know it. I know five hours. I know how that feels. And then, one hundred sixty six miles is is something different. And and I I was when I got dropped at a, at a hundred miles, I was done. Like my legs were done, and I. I put in some big digs to stay there at that, at that point. And I think when, when there was another dig, I just, I just didn't have anything else. I think immediately I was like, Oh, I made it this far. That's great. I was like, well, Holy, hold on. Like I still have 60, I still have 66 miles to go. That's, that's going to be a really long time. Yes. And, and you know what? I mean, I did last year. Like I, I know what that feels like, but still, it's something that you have to wrap your brain around. Um, and then it's like, I did 30 miles by myself and I was like, okay, I'm 130 miles into this. Like now I have another 30 miles, 36 miles to go. And so it's just like trying to like, you, you get that first hundred miles out of there and then it's like, okay, now I have to like get the rest of this, like 60 some miles to go, you know? And that's, it's tough. It's not easy for sure. Do you have a trick or like how, so you've done, you've done a handful of longer rides that exceed a hundred miles. And I, I could not agree with you more of, okay, you know, at this point, you know, a hundred miles feels pretty cozy, right? Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. You, you know, what is, you know, it's like a, that John Mayer song, you know, it's like so broken in, right? Like the old baseball glove or those gray sweatpants. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Well, and and I think this is, I mean, the, this is not everyone, right? Like 100 miles right. hurts. Like 100 miles is is long, and that's that's a tough distance to to get to. But mm -hmm. once you get it, um, once you're used to it, then you know what it feels like. And, yep. and so I think if there's any trick, it's just like get to a hundred miles and don't think about everything beyond a hundred miles. And that's what I was trying to do last weekend. I was like, I can't, I can't think of 166 miles. I have to think of a hundred miles. And that's what I did. I was like, I just have to like stay with these guys for as long as I can. And, mm -hmm. 
And if that's for 50 miles, if that's for 60 miles, if that's for 100 miles, if that's for 120 miles, I don't, I don't know. But, but like 100 miles is such a good benchmark for me. And, and then, then you just like forget that 100 miles, which you don't really forget that 100 miles, but you just put that, you put it behind you and then you say, okay, now what else do I have? Do I have 30 miles left? Do I have 60 miles left? Do I have 50 miles left? Let's just like kind of, tick it off from there. Um, but you can't take the whole chunk together because it just seems untenable. You can't, you, it's, it's too much, you know? No, that's so what I always think about Ironman races are, it's just a really long commute to a marathon. That's terrible. <laughs> that's the worst thought, but, but that's, <laughs> that's essentially like, you know, I mean, it's kind of similar, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, sorry to give you marathon, marathon memories, but I mean, that's kind of what I meant of like, you know, okay. So like the race really started, the race kind of really starts when you get dropped, right? Like in some ways you could think of the, the group as a escort to whatever mileage marker you make it to. And then your race really starts. Like that's really when you start having to get your mental game there to a way that maybe isn't, hasn't come out yet. Um, you have to start thinking about, you know, that next, however many miles, how you're going to pace it, your fueling strategy, you know, you can give yourself more breaks too, I think when there aren't other people around. So if you want to stop, get off the bike and stretch, or you need to use the, the restroom at an aid station, like that's kind of where you start making more tactical decisions in terms of like, how your race is going to play out and it's dictated more by you rather than the other people around you. Listen, like how the day played out, I think is really important to just kind of talk about of, you know, there, there were the moves made and the way the group splintered, it was such a war of attrition with one to two people off the back that the fascinating thing was with this is a chase group never really formed. Yeah. Right. People, people were so spread out that you know i okay so i got blown off i saw one other person the entire race for 45 miles like that's how that's how far apart everyone was it was 15 to 20 minutes before on anyone else would be even remotely close to you right no matter like it, depending where you fell off right i thought that was pretty fascinating yeah so we mentioned who's the guy that got second place what's his what charles so, charles yeah, he's from Winnetka. So he was not in that group of six. When we were six people, he was not there. And then I fell off the back, and he was the first person to catch me. Yeah. And I was like, sweet, a wheel. And then I was like, nope, can't catch, can't keep on this guy's wheel. And he, <laughs> he, he went all the way to the, like, what was it? Him and Wakely and... Tyler and Tyler at the, at, I mean, he, he went all the way up to them and man, that's, that's so super he impressive. caught, he caught on to our group at about mile one Oh five. Okay. He got caught bet- behind in that two track in the forest. Someone went down in front of him and he got caught up in that. And so I don't know, he was gapped by like 400 meters so he could see us, mm-hmm. but he never, he didn't catch up um until he did and then he was back and yeah 
he rode to second place. Yeah. Um, he super impressive. Um, I know a little bit about this because he had this mud city cycling kit on and my girlfriend Liz is from Winnetka and I was looking to ride there and I found this club. And so I went up to him after I was like, Hey man, like I'm in Winnetka sometimes. He's like, Oh my God, what's your phone number? Let's ride together. So like now I have a riding buddy in <laughs> the Northern Chicago suburbs. Um, who is also apparently just a gravel badass. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, man, he was super strong and yeah, yeah. Uh, super, I, I don't know, pretty impressive to catch back on to the, the group after being gapped. No kidding. I don't know what that effort looked like, but I cannot imagine that that was a pleasant time until it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, you said that Jared was asking you, are you hooked? Are you, what, what's your thoughts, man? Are you, are you wanting to swim and run and also cycle or are you, let's, or you just want to do gravel races for the rest of your life? I mean, let's, <laughs> well, uh, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but I yeah, know. I don't know if it has to be one or the other. I mean, I think, I think it's just like, it's cool to be in a position where you can kind of just classify yourself more as an endurance athlete and not have to pick a sport. Um, you know, I, I just kind of enjoy suffering. So I guess whatever, whatever looks good on the day is what, what might tickle, you know, the fancy. Um, I think there is something I love riding bikes probably more than anything. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely see some some gravel, more gravel racing next year. Um, I'm pretty excited to see what what I can get into. What, and what what do you want to do? I mean, like, I think you should do Barry 100. I think yeah, I think you should do Psycho Killer. Yeah, I think you should do, you know, anything that is the the long distance. And yeah, I you, think the longer the better. And if you don't, be and if you fun. don't do it, then like, what are you doing, man? I mean, come on, like, obviously you've proven yourself to is it, is, here here's another question um there is like what did you think like when you when you when you lined up at moran what were you, what were your thoughts like i hope i'm gonna be top 10 i hope i'm gonna finish i hope i'm gonna like what what did you what was in your mind before that uh I, this, I don't know. I, I had a pretty rough week leading up to Moran. I got, I, so I was at a, my, my, one of my good friends has a cabin up in Hessel, Michigan, which is really close to Moran. So I was actually in the UP the Friday before, and I was doing somewhat of a pre-ride of the course. And unfortunately I was buzzed off the road by a pickup truck. Ugh. And, you know, suffered some pretty bad road rash. My bike was pretty beat up. And it put me in a really weird mental spot going into the race. I think I was only able to ride my bike once or twice the week leading up to it before the Friday shakeout ride. And my confidence in terms of bike handling was like really low. And so I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it basically took you know, my focus off the entirety of the race with, 
you know, my first, the goal for me for the first 30 miles was to talk to as many people I knew in the Peloton, not stick with anything. It was to get my mind off riding my bike and just kind of just get comfortable feeling, um, you know, in the group and on, on the bike again. Like I, I think like my mind didn't really get in it until maybe mile 50 where I was like, okay, like I kind of like cleared the cobwebs out and I feel good. Um, the legs feel good. Um, like let's, let's go see what we have today. And I, I do, I do, I, I, a few of my friends were like, you know, I think you can have a good day. A good day was going to be top 10. Um, so, you know, but I, I, you know, as well as anyone, like this is a, it's a, it's a, there are 166, six things that can go wrong over the course <laughs> of a race like this. So getting your mindset on a, a position or a place is, it's a fun exercise, but um, you also got to be in touch with reality. And I think the reality was, was I had ridden 120 miles was my longest race or ride before this. Um, and I had no idea how my body or anything would feel this uh, this long on a bike so to some extent i think finishing was the goal at you know stretch goal would be top 10 um but you know i think that that's something i i didn't want to get too excited about it even when jared and i late in the race were in fifth and sixth position you know you could still get a flat that could ruin your day so i think right. it's like until until we reached the fairgrounds where I knew that I could run my bike in, I was uh, I was just focused on let's just get this done and go from there. Because, but that being said, dude, I'm so I'm so proud and so happy that I was able to do what I did that day. I think that, um, yeah, that's that's one where you know I I, I made some money off the race, which I've never <laughs> never done that before. Um, I've never done that in triathlon, you know, I, so that was super cool. Um, and you know, I think it's just kind of like something that I've learned doing a lot of Nick Stanko's rides in Ann Arbor is uh, a lot of these rides. And I love your opinion on this is it's a little bit about like the company that you keep. Right. And like, if you're where you feel you should be in the Peloton, um, or in the race, then that's that's almost better than any specific, you know, placing. Just in terms of like, if you belong there. Is that yeah. Or just yeah. like, you know, like I, I'm, I'm riding like where I believe I'm supposed to be or who mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means the lead group. Sometimes that isn't Sometimes that's, you know, it just, it's, it depends on the person. Right. Yeah. And Man, I mean, that's, I think that's a, a tough thing to grasp. Like, if you are stubborn and you're like, I believe I should be at the front all the time. And then when you're not, um, or say hypothetically, you crash and you lose half your season and you can't be where you want to be. And it pisses you off. Like that's a mm -hmm. tough. It's a tough thing, you know. Like you think you should be with a group of people that you're not riding with, and that's a that's a difficult place to to be. But then when you 
are able to be with that that group of people, um, then it means a lot, you know. I I ask that question because um, I feel like there are some. It's not just a uh, ability. Well, ability is is the correct word, but it's not just like physiologically like I'm strong enough to stay up with the front group. Like you need to be aggressive. Like so so if you went to the starting line and said, "Yeah, I hope I do pretty well." Like I feel like you're not going to necessarily finish would you finish 6th, 5th, 6th? 6th, yeah. 6th. Like yeah, Jer Jer and our five six. Yep. yep. So I, I don't think if you're like, yeah, like I feel pretty good. Maybe maybe I'll do okay. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. I think you have to tell yourself, I'm, I'm good enough to do top ten, and I'm going to I'm going to ride aggressive, to be top ten, and, and we had to like we had mm-hmm. to ride hard and aggressive to stay up with that front group and pretty much from, from the gun, which was pointed out to me. My friend Josh was like, yeah, here's my average speed for the first 10 miles. That was not chill. It's like 23 miles an hour. So, so yeah, you're right. I, I knew what I wanted to do on that day. Maybe I still don't want to admit that like that was the strategy or the plan all along, but you know, I knew what wheels were good wheels. I knew what wheels were bad wheels. Um, you know, I knew kind of where I needed to be. I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of reading what worked last year, looking at the Strava maps, looking at the sections that were going to be hard. I had a few cues loaded of, you know, find Wakely here, basically, <laughs> um, or, or or Tyler, whoever it could, you know, whoever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, I knew that those like, yeah, in order to be in a position to make moves, you have to, you know, I a, have your like eyes open, but be kind of know what's going on. And, um, yeah, I, I you know, I also was like, what I, I, I kind of read off you a lot as well. Um, cause you'd ridden the course before, um, you're an incredible rider. Um, I do just want to say, dude, it was so good to just see you out there. I know it's been a tough year, but, um, you were just dealing, dealing Watts. So, you know, I think, I think that kind of goes back to like, all right, know who you're around a little bit because like you can, you can learn a lot from them if you can just be a sponge and keep your eyes open. Um, and so, you know, as much as I had somewhat of an idea of a race plan, um, you know, I, I was just trying to play it by ear a little bit. I, I think that's kind of a, something I like to do inside and outside of sport. So, so, I mean, this is, uh, some people may say like, who is Connor Grant and how did he get six that Moran, but like, forget it, man, you're, you're out now. I mean, yeah, there's, you're not going to be, you're not going to be hiding in the Peloton anymore. Uh, I just, I, know. I just need to let you know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you made Dang it. you made yourself known and and I mean it's, it was just such a I, I already said this and I'm I'm gonna be repeating myself and whatever but like I just had the best time and it was it was a personal thing but it was also like a communal thing because 
I love Moran and I love to see all the people that were there and to see people that I knew and then to be in groups of people that I knew and including yourself. And I like I finished and I was one, I was like completely I was so happy with where I finished ninth place. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. And then, and then the, like I saw, like you were one of the first people I saw at the end. And I was so, so stoked for you. I was like, oh, yeah, man. I, it was, it was such a, it was such a cool uh, experience. So I, I don't know, man, I, I was just thinking about like, who should I talk to about this? And I was like, man, I, I need to, I need to talk to Connor about this, this whole thing. <laughs> I, I'm so, so honored. And, you know, it was, it was great, you know, to see you cross that finish line and, and get to talk with you and hang out after. I think, you know, if any, like, I will say what you said to me in January, if anyone is thinking that they need a fall race, um, the Moran race is super special. And being in the UP, I think was really cool. Just such a different energy. The, organizers do such a good job the route is incredible i think the two options is really cool in terms of distance um you know one of my friends um nikki bates did the 66 miler and killed it and you know to have her come up and have that experience and um you know everyone else get what they need at the 166 um was just really really cool and i don't know i i just think there's something like you kind of said about gravel racing too that's just you know, hanging out afterward. I mean, I think I told you at least three or four times that I was leaving. And then you were just like, dude, you're still here. <laughs> yeah, like, we're all just hanging out at the finish line for an absurdly long time. I hear you were there when the fire was going. Uh, Yeah, we were there uh, pretty late to the night. <laughs> yeah, good, good. But, you know, to be able to share those moments with your friends and cheer on people that you may or not even know crossing the finish line. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. I think no matter how you finish riding 166 miles is pretty monumental. And, um, you know, I guess my mom's dinner group, um, that night was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that not only did he do that, but there were a bunch of other people up there doing it. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you're going out doing these things, just know there's an invisible army of people rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. I, I I can't put it better than than you did. You were you're the you were the person to talk to about this and and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I guess I'll probably be seeing you at Iceman, right? Oh, absolutely. The Happy. year of the owl. What does that mean? I think that's I think that's what we're I think that's kind of like each each year I think it's themed. I think this is the year of the owl. Okay. All right. All See right. you, Trevor. See you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. A huge thank you to Connor Grant for joining us on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.